Hey, hello. Welcome to episode 241 of Sat King's Therapy. Uh, we are coming to you after the Sacramento Kings take down the Cleveland Cavaliers for the second and only times of the season. Um, in Cleveland this time, 106 to 95. And we're going to talk about it. And notice I did say we and were, which means Fong is back. Hello. All right, Fong. Uh, we'll, we'll ask you about where you've been in just a bit. We'll go over this game real quick. Uh, so before this game started, uh, Fox and TD were announced to be out this game. Fox apparently had been dealing with a foot injury since Orlando, also a left thumb injury, and also apparently suffered a respiratory illness during all this time. So I talked about how he, he seems to be a little off. That's kind of why. So he actually sat out this game, and so did TD. He will be day-to-day. -day. Um, sitting out this game was a joint decision between him and the coaching staff. So, you know, he wants to be out there, but the him, he had a discussion with the coaching staff. They decided, like, they should probably just hold him out for a few, at least a game to see where he starts feeling afterwards. So uh, Davion started in his place. On the Cavs side, Donovan was out, Kevin Love, and Dean Wade. Yeah, the, the you know the fable D Wade. Oh yeah. Or they call him White D Wade. I think I like that one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyways, so how did this game start? Uh, Kings came out firing. Like they hit a bunch of a bunch of threes. I think Harrison had two. Keegan Murray four for four from three to open the game. But then he got into foul trouble and to sit the rest of the uh, first half. But once the Kings kind of cooled down from uh, three point land. Um, the Cavs started to take control and they started hitting threes. It was a tie game at halftime. And then the fireworks began in the second half. Talk, take me through the second half because unfortunately I didn't miss quite a bit of it. So let's see. Let's, I guess let's talk about the third quarter. Um, yeah. Uh, Sabonis, I would say probably one of his uh, best, uh, I guess you could say offensive games in my opinion uh, so far that I've seen. I don't know if uh, I haven't watched any Kings game while I was gone to uh, see how he was doing in that uh, sort of area. Um, probably the Clippers game was his best. He, I think he was 11 for 12 for 26 points. So oh, Jesus. It, it's it's a close one. But this game, now nah, I'm looking at the box score. He had 18 points, 18 rebounds, and six assists. It felt like he had like 30 this game. But the way he was just going at dudes, he took it to like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Yeah, pretty much for the most part. Like he he was dogging out in the paint uh, on both ends, no less. And uh, you know he tried to create something on the offensive end, but he kind of, kind of was kind of quiet at first, uh, especially during the third and uh, some beginning parts of the fourth. So, but on the defensive end, I mean, they they were trying to grab as many rebounds as they could against those twin towers. And I thought, I honestly thought they did a pretty good job. Like they, and also he got Jared Allen into foul trouble. So there were quite a few stretches where it was only Evan Mobley out there. And as good as Evan Mobley is, he's not strong enough to really deal with, uh, to deal with Sabonis. And he's not good enough just yet to be able to abuse a matchup like Chemezi Metsu. So he's still a work in progress, but Sabonis getting those guys into foul trouble, like was big for this game. Oh yeah. Uh, other than that, it, it felt like a pretty back and forth game for the most part, especially in the third quarter. Um, 
well, there was Murray that kind of had his fourth foul, and I don't think he had his fifth. He did not. He only ended no. up the game with four fouls. So he was a little quiet uh, coming into the third because, you know, didn't want to get into even further foul trouble. Um, I don't remember too much about Garwin. Uh, Garwin did his, I mean, he Garwin did Garwin things, and Karis Levert surprisingly just hit shots over guys. Yeah, like Karis Levert is in the third quarter, had a lot of points, and a lot of it, I don't know. I guess how the Kings could have played it better. Like, I guess get around the screens better, but they gave up dribble penetration and that just opens up the rest of the offense with the Cavs and Karis Levert, like just absolutely just, you know, kind of just went at guys and scored. I forgot how many points, but he, I think he had double digit points in the third quarter, but this is one of those things where, you know, Harrison, Harrison has to guard Evan Mobley, Keegan Murray, just isn't like you know he's not seasoned enough yet i don't want to say smart enough he's he just needs more experience on how to get around screens and how to kind of contain a guy and you know caris avert just kind of went off and Mm -hmm. you know gave him a teeny bit of a cushion uh going into the fourth Mm -hmm. what you're calling from the king side kind of reminds me i want to shout out matthew della dova man even though he played 16 minutes those 16 minutes felt like he played 30, like 30 somewhat minutes because man, he was dogging out on defense. And even though he hit one three, uh, what you gonna call it? He shot into the dude's face, too. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but there was a specific play that I noticed where he kind of intercepted a pass to the corner. Uh, I forgot who was in that corner, but pretty much in transition, threw it to Monk to hit the free uh, on the wing. But the way he uh, kind of like screened for Monk was pretty interesting because he noticed the guy was kind of on the run to uh, what you call it. I guess tried to flat Monk's shot. He just stuck his ass out just to block him out. Those Cleveland guys, because they played with LeBron, like Tristan Thompson was really good at this. of like just like sticking out his ass to catch the guy. Like, and also Delvadova is a physical dude. <laughs> like, you know, he's not big by any means, but he is beefy. And like, I thought he guarded Darius Garland really well, surprisingly, like just roughed him up. But yeah, those Cleveland guys know how to set screens. The other, the other team that are really good at doing this kind of bullshit, the, the Warriors, like Draymond really good at sticking his ass out on those, uh, mm-hmm. on those screens and Looney has mastered it. Like he definitely took some pointers from Bogut about just how to basically illegally screen your guy and not have the ref call it. Mm-hmm. So uh, going into the fourth, uh, there was, it felt like Wob City out there in the beginning. Uh, I don't know if you were there to uh, catch him. I did see, and so Metsu had one really mm. nice dunk, and then the second one, I think Malik threw it too high, and yeah, he couldn't catch it. Exactly, yeah. Couldn't catch it. Um, but, I mean, the defense and the hands that the Kings had in this game, they were like trying to get some picks and like steals, and, you know, it worked out really well, surprisingly. And, uh, you know, Delhi also had another lob to Monk, uh, kind of like after all that. Yeah, like they were active on defense. That's one thing that the second unit I really love. Like they're, of course, without Sabonis out there, like the defense, I feel, falls, falls apart a little because they just don't have that kind of presence down low. But they are active and trying to force turnovers. And that's where you see a lot, again, a lot of those lob city dunks and transition and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know. 
it, it's it's a really fun kind of change of pace for the Kings. That yeah, they were active in the passing lanes this game. Mm-hmm. And in the end of the fourth quarter, I want to say Sabonis really closed this game out real well for us because I mean he kept on getting rebounds and uh, you know surprisingly scored over um what you call it Evan Mobley and I want to say Jared Allen and another guy like in the paint for an one. Uh, during uh, one of those transitions and you know the Cavs man I don't know what to say it seemed like they weren't it seemed like they hit or they were having great shots for them but they weren't just going down well the thing is is that they actually don't have all that much shooting like if you it's like they didn't have Kevin Love this game that's one of their shooters Donovan Mitchell is a shooter Mm -hmm. So they're really just left with Darius Garland and, you know, Chetty Osman. Chetty, I thought, did okay. I, I was actually getting really annoyed with how the Kings were leaving him open. Like, you have two shooters out there, Darius Garland and Chetty Osman. Yeah. And for some reason, the other guy is always open for some reason. So they don't have that much spacing. And, you know, Karis LeVert is whatever from three. He's not really a shooter. He's more of a volume guy. So, yeah, they just don't have a lot of shooting because of Donovan and uh, Love being out. Yeah, but speaking about shooting, Kings were kind of lights out <laughs> during this uh, run. I believe, I think you said it was a, what, a 16-0 run? Uh, 19-0 to close the game. So I, I have a little bit of a transcript for that part. So Kings were down six with uh, 440 to go. And it looked it looked pretty bad. Like the the momentum was on the calf side, but uh, but then all of a sudden the Kings just the Kings put on a 19-0 run. They got a bunch of stops. Um, Darius Garland for some reason just dropped the ball a bunch of times. It was really weird. I, I, you all have to kind of detail that for me, but yeah, he just kept turning the ball over. The Kings were able to get out in transition, and Herder hits a huge three to go up. And after that, they did not look back. Keegan hits a three after that, and yeah, it was game after that. Pretty much, like, I don't know what to say about uh, Darius Garland's drop other than, you know, it's kind of like, it it just happens. You just got to play on it. But, I mean, other than that, their offense wasn't, like I said, hitting shots. It seemed like um, the Kings had all the momentum, and, uh, you know, the Cavs didn't really, uh, you know, keep up at that point. Sorry if you can hear my me moving in my chair. I'm kind of trying to find a comfortable spot. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was just it, like, you know, give credit to the Kings defense. They locked up. Like, I guess, I guess again, without Donovan Mitchell, this, this was the Cavs issue last year. Without Donovan Mitchell, they don't really have a creator other than Darius Garland. You know, um, Karis LeVert is all right at it, but he's really not the guy you want to create. He's more of a guy that's going to shoot it, but can't really finish around the rim. So, you know, I, I'm guessing like Darius Garland might have just gotten a little like worn out. Let me see how many minutes he played. He played 35, which isn't that bad. Evan, Mo- Evan Mobley played 41. So, you know, it's just I think he just kind of gassed out a little bit, just having to create every single possession down. And, you know, it could be just a sloppy game, but give credit to the Kings defense. Davion like was, you know, all over him all game, like Dova Dova putting his body into him. And, you know, credit to, like, Sabonis for kind of holding down the fort down low. Like, he's not known as a rim protector. But, you know, you always got to give credit to Sabonis. You know, two blocks this game. And he always is a presence down there. And he's always seems to be in the right position. Mm-hmm. And in this game, it really worked out. 
Yeah, what surprised me was that he only had six assists. It felt like he had like double digits at the most. You know, like he, again, he is a guy that you know. What's it called? He's a he's a hockey passer. If that makes any sense, like he passes to one guy, that guy passes to the open guy, and then he hits the three or like mm-hmm. the or like a shot. So he he is the hub of the offense. So like even though he doesn't get a lot of assists. He usually starts the sequence that gets the shot to go in, you know, and, you know, this game, surprisingly enough, like Kings only had 21 assists. A lot of that is probably Malik Bunk not really having it this game, but, you know, Delhi kind of made up for four assists. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I think I think Sabonis, like, you know, he him being the he him being the defensive anchor of the team. Like it can, it's kind of hit or miss a lot of the time, but in this game, like he was great. Like, you know, the big men, they're not known for being able to score. And again, he's in the right position to be able to like, at least contest it with his body and his, you know, just verticality. And he did a really good job this game. Three oh, steals yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, what you call it? What I was about to say. Oh, I was going to mention about the necklace. Is this a new thing with the defensive player of the game? Yes, I, I was going to get to that. Yes, so the Kings posted that they gave uh, Sabonis a chain that says DPOG, Dep- Defensive Player of the Game. Yes, it is a new thing that we just found out about 20 minutes ago. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it, it was winged out for sure. And I, I hope he wears it all the way to uh, the next game, which is against, I want to say the Knicks. The New, new York, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, do you think they're going to sell that? chain at the end of all this i mean possibly for uh charity hopefully yeah yeah why not they're gonna charge a hundred like a hundred something dollars for this chain but you know it's a fun idea like i i think that's pretty dope but yes he definitely deserves the game ball for this game you know it's a team effort like you look at the team no one scored more than 20 points and you know harrison barnes led the team in 20 with 20 points like it, it was a real team effort and you know, Sabonis held it down. Like, Keegan Murray was on fire from three this game. Like, I had said, one of these games, he's going to go for, like, a five for six game from three. He ended up going six for eight. He had, He's six for eight from the field, six for eight from three. Because who, who needs to take twos anymore? And, you know, Davion Mitchell did, did his part. Again, played really good defense. He hit shots. Kevin Herter looks to have found his stroke, three for seven. Just everyone contributed this game. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. So my ultimate kind of takeaway, the Kings just got a much needed win on this brutal road trip. Like last game, I don't know if you listened to, to the episode. I had just said the King, the Kings played a good game, but the but the Bucks are a championship level team. And the Kings, well, they're not a championship level team, no matter how you really want to look at it. And that's not an insult by any means. Like they lost because they were playing against a very, very, very good team that also has a lot of unfair advantages and being so goddamn big. Like it, I thought that loss was fine. It, it you know, it's just you're just, you just happen to be going up against a buzzsaw of a team, and you know, it. it they didn't let that kind of like they didn't hang their heads on that loss. Instead, they came out strong. They did what they needed to do, and they got this much needed win because. You know, this what this is a road trip where you know you can be in every game, but it it's it could you could end up just going 0 for six on this road trip. But now you kind of got one one nice win against a really good team. Granted, without their best player, 
but you know you 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 build some momentum and now you have some momentum going into New York and that's another kind of winnable game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we could keep this momentum yeah momentum up until we come home. Yeah, and like you know, James Ham has has tweeted out. Let's hope this doesn't happen. If they lose all the ga- all the rest of the games, the worst they can do is five hundred. Which I mean, I mean that's a goal, right? <laughs> because I don't think we've hit five hundred in. Now I don't remember how many years. Yeah, like this is the first time we're what four games above five hundred now. Like that's an that's an achievement of all on its own. But this Kings, but this team needs to look beyond that in order to be a good team. You got to win the games. You got to win the games that you, you know, you got to take care of business. I'm not, I'm not saying you should win the games that you should. This Kings team still shouldn't win any games. They need to work for it. And the Knicks is another kind of, you know, middle of the road team that you can definitely go into Madison Square Garden and win. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, about Fox, he, um, he will likely uh, play on this road trip. But right now he's day to day, so we don't know when he'll be back. I assume he's going to try to play the New York, this Madison Square Garden. But you know he might sit out one or two more games, and then probably at least by the end of the road trip, like you know, should come back for one more game to kind of get things going again once he feels a little better. Oh yeah, I mean, I would say take it take his time because you know foot injury and thumb injury and respiratory uh, illness i mean that's a uh, that's pretty much a trifecta in its own and uh, you know yeah take your time make sure you're 100 uh, uh you know going into uh what you want to call it whatever game he comes into and you know for those people like don't get don't get me wrong i love davion but there were moments when this game where like i thought the kings needed some shot creation now it ended up working out but you know, they will need shot creation at some point. And that's where De'Aaron comes in and kind of fills mm-hmm. that role. And, you know, credits to De- Davion for doing as well as he did on defense. Again, it wore out Darius Garland towards the end. So, mm-hmm. you know, here's the hope and he comes back 100% soon. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that uh, we've done talk about the game, uh, let's talk about where you've been. Uh, so you actually went to vacation in New York. And you also told me that you went to the Mecca. You went to the garden. You, you <laughs> met James Dolan. No, you didn't. You know you no, didn't meet James Dolan. But, uh, <laughs> but you know you did go to the garden, and you have some have some thoughts. Yeah, I gotta say, the garden probably one of the best arenas I've been to. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Uh, in terms of NBA, I mean, I I don't think I've ever been to more than three arenas. To be honest, four maybe five <laughs> I, I can't count but uh yeah the garden man they they really upkept that thing uh ever since it's been built and uh i gotta say it's it's way better than golden one in a lot of ways really oh wow uh so from where i sat it was around the 200s um there's four tiers so there's the 100s 200s 300s 400s the 200s even though it's it feels like you're far back it looks so crystal crystal clear when you're watching a game. It's something about the garden makes the game so special for some reason. I don't know how to explain it. Um, so you went to the Cavaliers, uh, ironically, the Cavaliers versus the Knicks game, and you told me it was a weird game. 
yeah. I mean, I kind of expected the Cavs to win. <laughs> not gonna lie, um, because you know, uh, what you might call it. I mean, they had Donovan. I mean, pretty much <laughs> almost everyone except I think Jared Allen was Jared out. Jared Allen too. was out. Yeah. Um, so I didn't expect the Knicks to, uh, you know, do so well uh, anyway, because, I mean, in my opinion, their offense, especially in this game, seemed kind of stagnant. But when it came to the Cavs offense, it kind of was similar to today's game against the Kings, where um, they had good shots or open looks. It just didn't go in, especially uh, how Donovan played. He 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 shot pretty poorly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm not going to go through the entire box score of that, but no, the, the 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 Knicks offense is a pretty bad offense for the most part. They have Thibodeau, and like they got they got to fire Thibodeau. <laughs> they got to fire Thibodeau just because he runs an old school offense where it's very unimaginative, and the defense is. Is a bit outdated as well, and he refuses to play young guys. So, you know, Knicks fans have been kind of dealing with that bullshit for a while. But, you know, I thought I thought it'd be a much more interesting game just because it's Donovan who kind of spiritually should have been a Nick. Um, but he isn't. He is with the Cavaliers right now, and he seems pretty happy about it. But you oh, know, yeah. but if the Cavaliers start kind of sliding a little bit, you know, things would change real quick. But I don't think that's coming anytime soon. Yeah, another thing was uh, it didn't feel like the whole arena was full of like Knicks fans. It, it felt like a bunch of like, you know, people like me and <laughs> just tourists. <laughs> which is which is interesting, just because uh, your tickets were pretty pricey, right? Because I remember the Garden is a pricey venue. Yeah, I mean, it for the price I paid, I felt like I got to experience everything, if you know what I mean. Okay, but you know you want to be closer to like yeah. you, you got to go to a Trey Young game because like Trey Young is like oh, public yeah. enemy number one over there. I want to see the envi- I want to feel the environment of that. Yeah, like th- this environment, like the crowd around me felt pretty. Uh, you know, the typical Knicks uh, fans. Uh, you know uh, that we all know, but the I don't know. Maybe it's how the arena was built, but. I didn't hear much cheers, not going to lie. Like, not many, like, maybe because I kind of spoiled from, uh, you know, the beginning, since the beginning of the season uh, with the Kings Arena, where almost every single game felt super loud and, uh, you know, very prominent, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about the game I went to. It, it was deafening. Yeah, uh, okay. But, but yeah, like... <laughs> Not, not, not to shit on him too much, but, you know, when Julius Randle's on your team, you want to get rid of him. Oh, no. Yeah, there were people behind me were like, why isn't everyone booing this guy? Boo! Look, look when you're a Knicks, when you're on the Knicks, they don't boo you yet. Once they trade you away, yeah, they're going to boo the shit out of you. And, you know, sad to say, no one really wants Julius Randle right now. He's a guy that, you know, needs the ball in his hands doesn't really give you much else, isn't good enough to demand the ball as much as he does. But he's been a good soldier for the most part, but he's definitely holding back like the rest of that team to a certain degree because Obi, did you get to watch Obi Toppin or was he already injured? No, he was there. He only played, I mean, I'm looking at the box score now, uh, 13 minutes, two for seven. Um, I remember so, he had a dunk. So That's there you go. Like the fact that he only plays 13 minutes. 
And he he's Bobby Tobin is good. He's a ball of energy out there. And you know, unfortunately, having Julius Randle kind of clogs that position, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I learned that. I mean, I wore my <laughs> Kings gear <laughs> to the game. Uh, that, that must just look so weird. It, We're gonna see I, a Knicks fans and probably like Caps fans. I I saw two like fully kitted out Lakers gear guys in uh, that. Yeah. Well, you're always gonna find Lakers fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. But what, I mean, what jersey were they wearing? Uh, of course. I mean, Kobe, of course. Oh, Kobe. Okay, that that's more typical. Like they were wearing rust. That actually might be a bit. They might just mm-hmm. laugh at them. <laughs> yeah. To be honest. But yeah, no one. I mean, no one would say anything other like anything negative about the Kings' uh, uh, gear that I was wearing. I mean, I had a uh, one guy uh, <laughs> was like, "Oh, hey, Kings, light the beam tonight." Even though yeah. I don't think they played that night. <laughs> Well, it just, oh man, you should have stayed for a little bit because guess what? The Kings could play them on Sunday. If the Kings blow out the blow out the Knicks and they start chanting like the beam because it happened in the Clippers game, like, you know, that would be hilarious to say mm-hmm. the least. Actually, now that I think about it, I think we did play that day. I think it was against Chicago. Uh, we played Chicago on Friday, if I remember, if I remember right. Let me check real quick. I, don't, I, don't, uh, I have the actually, schedule up too. Oh no, uh, we, we did play uh, on the night that I watched the Knicks. So yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Yeah, you're right. Saturday and Sunday. Whoops. Oh, it was a back to back. It was a back to back. Yeah. I see. Yeah, they chanted like the beam in LA. Granted, it's a Clippers game, so you know it's not the biggest deal. But yeah. imagine if that was a Lakers game. Oh man. <laughs> That'd be pretty. Pretty interesting. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of uh, Sacramento people from, uh, or you know, living and residing in the LA area. Probably not that many, but you know, there there there's some that exist. But you know, we're over, we're taking the league by storm. So we'll, we'll see what happens with the New York. Like that's that again. It's a winnable game. We'll, we'll see what happens. But like, if the crowd starts chanting "Light the Beam," oh man, the laughter that is going to be coming from me will be endless. Mm-hmm. oh yeah all right so since you've been gone there have been some stuff that has happened uh i just want to ask you some quick thoughts about it I, I have you been keeping up with nba news uh not much i mean i see the one random uh reddit post here and there and uh maybe sometimes i'll chat espn but other than that i'm pretty clean slate for the most part all right, so here, let's start with something Kings-related. So Sam Maybank, uh did a live room last Friday, basically talking about the Beam team. Okay. And he talked about Monty McNair and how Monty McNair had, you know, been has done a good job of building this team. And he he says, he, you know, he's he's very well connected to the Kings organization. His feeling around the team is that an, as an extension should be impending. Okay, for Monty, right? For Monty, no, yeah, for I... Vlade. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, is like, when is he ever gonna get an extension? So, by the way, we are we are still playing play, paying Vlade, so that oh, you know, my gosh. But, but so re- relating to that, he says he says one of the one of the speculated reasons that he he thinks that Vivek hasn't given given him an extension. Is because of buyer's remorse from the Vlade extension. Vlade, remember, was fired basically one season into his extension. So I'm like, I guess Vivek just doesn't want to jump into it. But the feeling that Sam Amick says he got is that an, an extension should be coming. 
Oh, thank God, because he really deserves it. Not going to lie. I mean, like, you know, from what he what he what he's had to work with, you know, again, getting the herder, getting herder, um, you know, honestly, like thinking back now, the Keegan Murray pick might have been a bold pick because let's be honest. Nope. I didn't I didn't love the pick at the time. James Ham didn't love the pick at the time. ESPN 1320 had a meltdown basically when that pick <laughs> when that pick was chosen. And like the national media for the most part was shitting on it because everyone said you gotta take Jay Nivey or you gotta trade back for you know whatever the fuck you can get from New York. So it's you know, it gets to the point where like that was a bold choice. And you know, getting TD like for a second round pick, he's made a lot of great moves. And granted, there's some there's some bad ones mixed in there, but he's rebuilt this team into you know into like a really good team that so that Mike Brown has something to work with. And mm-hmm. you know, this is the result. Yeah, and it felt like in the, such a short time too. Ever since uh, Vlade left as well, which I mean, it literally felt like Vlade left like a year or two ago, and in this kind of short time too. I mean. It's looking very well for him. Yeah, and he really does deserve an extension. I hope he does get one because this is this is this is your opportunity to kind of like solidify this foundation that the Kings organization have, have built. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, and you gotta you're gonna need that. Like you know, this team has been so this franchise has been so unstable, and it's one of the reasons why there is a 16 year drought. So you know, Lord, you know, God forbid, this year we end the drought and we solidify the foundation that kind of got us to the, to that point. So, all right, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so the next news relating to the Knicks. So apparently Knicks have been active on trade calls. Uh, they have talked, now it's not saying that they have asked other teams to take on these players, but they, there have been other teams calling about these players and they've been active. So they've talked about Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, and Cam Reddish. Do any of those guys interest you? Mm. Maybe Cam Reddish. Uh, wait, name the players again. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Evan Fournier, uh, Derek Rose, and Cam Reddish. Oh, Emmanuel Quickly as well. Jesus. Oh, fuck. Maybe Cam Reddish just because... He's a bigger guy. Uh, Emmanuel Cookley is kind of in the shorter side. He's I, like 6'2". So no. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I love to have another guard <laughs> in our team, um, Cam Reddish would probably be the guy um, in terms of, you know, size. Evan, maybe second. In terms I, have, of- I have no interest in Fournier. I don't know what it is. I I had this conversation with, my, with, with our buddy, like, yesterday. Mm-hmm. I don't like French guys for some reason. Just something about what? French guys. Like I don't love, I don't, I don't like Rudy Gobert. I don't like Evan Fournier. And these are good players. Like, don't get me wrong. I've always acknowledged that Rudy is a good player. I don't want him on my team, but like he's a good player. Same thing with Fournier. <laughs> Great shooter. Don't want him on my, on my team. I used to not like Batum, although I've grown to like Batum. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm coming around on some French guys and you know, the ultimate French god is coming into the NBA. So I assume I'll be liking uh, Victor Wembanyama, but something about French guys. I, I And also, I, I don't see a place for Fournier. He's kind of just a bit of a better version of Buddy, if you will. You know, can get hot sometimes, but doesn't do jack shit for you otherwise. But yeah, other than that, I mean, out of four, like I said, Cam Reddish kind of comes to mind. Um, 
if somehow our guard situation was uh, not so great, then I would have chosen Emmanuel in his place. Uh, did Cam Rush play? In, no. In that game? So the, the one I saw. Yeah, so he's back uh, on the he's back on the bench. Something ooh. like you know, Tibbs just has a grudge against them. I don't know what it is. Maybe like you know, TP his card or something. But like, he just stop playing reddish. It's weird. And I, I was actually surprised that Derrick Rose didn't play because Tibbs loves Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. I forgot if it was injury reasons, uh, but I, don't I remember know. he he did sit a game where he was healthy. I know that. Hmm. Derek and Cam. Oh, well, that doesn't sound good at all because didn't you get Cam pretty like literally last, last season? Last season for a first round pick. Like, yeah. So <laughs> why sit him? Because I guess you you gotta you gotta play you know Isaiah Hardenstein at the four. I don't know. I I don't know. Tibbs Tibbs is a very frustrating coach from from what I've read. Mm, I see. I mean, Isaiah Hartenstein, it's a he's a good player. He's a good player. I don't mind it. Why did you sign Mitchell Robinson to 20 million? I don't get it. But anyway, let's not talk about the Knicks too much. Let's move on to the next thing I want your opinion on. So Kyrie Irving has an officially released by Nike. So and uh to and they got his unofficial replacement basically right after. Uh John Morant will be getting his own signature shoe. Oh, congrats to him. Uh, so far from that kind of news, all I remember seeing is uh, Kyrie still wearing his, uh, or Nike shoes, just got taped it up so it doesn't show the logo. Huh? That's interesting. That's always a funny thing to me, that you have to tape up the logo. But, you know, it's unfortunate, I guess. Like, you know, he's actually been quiet lately. He hasn't said anything controversial in a bit. Of course, I could jinx that. But, you know, he's been quiet. And, you know, no no controversy has occurred with him since he apologized. You know, credit to him for that, for doing the bare minimum. But I was surprised just because, like, Kyrie is a – he's one of the most popular – he has, the, like, the most popular shoe, I think, just behind LeBron and Jordan. And mm. I was surprised they would just cut ties with him. But they have a very – they have a perfect replacement for him because Ja is – Ja is a draw. He's a star. And kids, kids, adults, all alike are going to – you know, flock for his shoes. Now, I don't know how, you know, uh, shoe companies work or whatnot, but if, what, let's just say, yeah, Kyrie is dropped. Will Jaw take over his silhouette or will he get a new silhouette? He gets a new one. They're going to do like a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of too bad that they have to drop um, whatchamacallit, the uh, Kyrie, because or maybe they'll rebrand it, I guess, if that were the case, right? <laughs> the, 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 okay, never mind. I was going to say something. Probably a little <laughs> bit problematic. But uh, no, they, they could, like, you know, turn it into, like, the air, the air air medium. I don't, I don't know. But the air low tops, something. The air traction. I, I don't know. But, yeah, they could rebrand it. And Jaws going to get his own new thing. They're going to, like, test it and stuff like that. And, you know, he... Like when Ja, when that shoe releases, that is going to sell like hotcakes. I think that's going to be a really hot shoe. Hmm. Oh, we'll see how the silhouette is because when it comes to shoes, I, I mean, it's got to look good, right? It's got to look good. We'll see how that goes. But uh, okay, on to the next piece of news. Uh, so this happened while you were gone. Uh, apparently, Trey Young and Nate McMillan had an argument or a heated discussion. 
So Trey Young, uh, in a game against the Nuggets, didn't show up to the arena because he was rehabbing a shoulder injury. But before that, him and uh, Nate McMillan had a very heated conversation where uh, the report is that Nate McMillan did not really like how he was rehabbing his shoulder. And apparently, a heated uh, discussion uh, ensued. And Nate McMillan reportedly gave him two options. Come off the bench for the Nuggets game or don't show up to the arena. And Trey Young didn't show up to the arena. (laughs) Oh. Okay. (laughs) uh, So first thoughts, like, is this a good, is this a big deal? Is this, you know, a medium-sized deal? Or is it no deal at all? I'm going to say it's a medium-sized deal for now. Um, because, I mean, from uh, what we've uh, heard from Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, doesn't sound too great, right? In terms of his, uh, I guess, relationships around the team and, uh, I guess, front office. So I have not listened to this podcast, but I, I listened to, you know, uh, on the mismatch, how they referred to this. So Sam Amick was on a uh, real one. So I think with Logan, Logan Murdoch and uh, Braja Bell. Mm. And so apparently if you take a poll, like this is what Sam Amick said. If you take a poll in the Hawks locker room right now, who is in the right? Is it Nate McMillan or is it Trey Young? The players might side with Nate McMillan. Ooh. <laughs> like it's and that's it, that's incredible because you know the players, it's a brotherhood, right? Usually, like players will have players' backs. Usually, like you know, if, if the coach is an asshole, you're gonna you're gonna get a, you're gonna get everyone against the coach. But this is one of those rare cases when you hear the reports of like Trey Young is not all that well liked in the locker room, like combined with this report, it's not a good look at all. Yeah, man, that'd be a pretty bad situation for Atlanta because, geez. And let's not forget, they already fired a coach because of this, because he wasn't getting along with Trey Young and the rest of the team. Like Lloyd Pierce had had a bunch of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, if if it were to come down to you know trading Trey Young, where would he even go? And I mean that that's a whole other thing. Well, the first one I could think of is the Lakers. They're thirsting for anyone. I don't think they got. I don't think they have enough. But you know, there there will be places. But he's a tough guy to build around because I mean, not that tough because he he's a brilliant basketball player. Yeah, I mean, you have to get wings up on wings up on wings, (laughs) and just I mean, you got to basically build a team like Luca. And, you know, the, the way they built the Hawks is that they built young. They got a lot of young guys who, you know, all of them are kind of looking to get their own. It, with In contrast to, like, the Mavericks, they got kind of veteran guys. Like, they're all, like, in their mid-20s, kind of guys that kind of know what they already are, don't try to do too much. But the Hawks kind of built it the other way where they did, you know, had a bunch of young guys who were had more, you know, deeper ambitions. And unfortunately, it just hasn't really worked out to, you know, produce the best team result. And a lot of that is on Trey, too, because Trey, again, not probably not the greatest teammate and has kind of fostered an environment where, you know, just, you know, like it, it, he definitely rubs people the wrong way uh, hmm. is, is what I'm is what I'm hearing. Well, hopefully, I don't know. I, I don't. I can't see a good situation coming out <laughs> uh, in any sense. Knowing you know, 
how Trey Young is, but man, he's carrying a baggage at this point to wherever, I mean, situation that comes out of this. So back to my original question, after hearing all that, do you think this just blows over? Is this a big, is this a small deal? Is this a medium-sized deal or is this a big deal? Mm, I want for now, I'm going to say medium because I, I want to see, because the next thing that's going to have to happen coming from the Atlanta Hawks, it's going to kind of, you know, throw whatever it's going to be a big deal or nothing at all. So we'll see how, you know, I guess uh, they deal with this. So uh, last thing is, so, well, so, okay, let's start with this. Um, Sources say that Nate McMillan is safe. He's not going to get fired anytime soon. So (laughs) that's probably a good thing. I think I'm, I'm probably with you. I think it'll blow over. Uh, I think, I think ultimately they'll just kind of get over it and, you know, hopefully they start winning because winning cures all. Mm -hmm. Um, Just one last thing. So Trey Young did a press conference or like, yeah, a, a press scrum where, you know, people kind of stick mics into his face and then he answers questions. So they so one reporter basically just grilled him and was like saying, you know, you you being a leader and not showing up, like, what do you have to say about that? And, you know, Trey Young gives kind of the stock answer. And he basically says, like, well, you know, you don't you don't know the situation behind the scenes. Like and then the reporter asked him, why weren't you on the bench? And he, you know, same stock answer. Like, you know, it's it's private. Like, you know, you don't know the situation behind the scenes. And then he brought up John Collins, who was also injured. He was on the bench. Mm-hmm. The, reporter oh. said, the reporter said. <laughs> and yeah. It, it's rough. It's rough in Atlanta right now. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. I, again, I think I think they'll they'll figure it out. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, literally, yeah, the next move that Atlanta makes kind of will make or break this. Uh, it, it's going to be John Collins related. I just don't know where he's going. I mean, it's been so long. So, I mean, he, he's got to get traded sooner or later, right? I mean, yeah, like when you're in the trade, when you're like in trade talks for that long, at some point, something's got to give. I mean, granted, Miles Turner's been in trade rumors since he's <laughs> for like five years. He's still <laughs> with the Pacers, so I don't know. And honestly, they might just extend him. <laughs> honestly, because I mean, yeah, they I might mean, as well just extend him at this point. At, yeah, at this point, we kind of know Miles Turner's gonna stay for the most part. With John Collins, it's like, where's this even going? We don't even know. Most likely, he's gonna get traded, but is it gonna be soon or later? By, by the way, um, talk a little bit about the I'll talk a little bit about the Pacers game. Really, really loud. I don't know if you saw they boot the shit out of Buddy, which again, yeah. kind of just dis- kind of disappointed. Just you know, like he. I mean, he he did say some pretty bad things about Sacramento. It is what it is. I mean, I, I was got I, I I didn't feel anything towards them. They they cheered Tyrese, Miles Turner. Like this is a bit of a knee jerk reaction. Like I might change my mind the next time I watch the Pacers. I'm glad we didn't change Trey for Miles Turner. <laughs> he was not good. He was not good in that game. Just oh, like okay. had no, has no touch. Like for a sh- for a guy who's known as a shooter, brick. He certainly bricks shots. Like they're bricks. Like when he misses. So <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like Miles Turner was very disappointing. And also the biggest of ovation of the night was when he missed two free throws and everyone got crumble cookies. Oh. 
really we were doing some I, uh... I i didn't i didn't redeem it because it, it was late so and i had to go to work the next day but yeah like there was gonna be a long line for it but yeah like he missed two free throws and like again just something about the way he misses they're bricks like what he misses and yeah that was the biggest like ovation of the night oh man <laughs> i would have been down for some crumble cookies at that point oh okay you guys again i i didn't, I didn't redeem it yeah we had one day to redeem it so i, I, I didn't oh yeah I, I mean it's about the chick-fil-a thing my gosh that chick-fil-a <laughs> coupon was like one of the best things to happen uh for us uh during college years oh yeah it definitely was but yeah um yeah great great game to have benzu uh it was a really fun experience it is deafening in there each to every time i leave a king's game now like my ears like take a while to kind of re to, like readjust because it's so loud in there. Mm -hmm. oh yeah and uh yeah so that that was my experience while you were gone and yeah you just shared with us your experience in new york hopefully you really enjoyed your trip and uh yeah good to have you back uh yes fong will be here for the next for the next uh well for the foreseeable future so yeah for you for fong fans here, here you go this is this is your christmas gift i guess i don't know <laughs> okay A anyways uh anything else you want to quickly talk about before we call this an episode uh, i don't think so uh, unless you have something else um do you want to talk about game of thrones or not i mean i haven't watched uh since i've been gone so the last thing that really happened for me was uh when what was that religious cult taking away um the spare well the guy is called the sparrow i don't know what the religion is called yeah so pretty much they took cersei's because you know cersei's uh cousin or whatever i forgot no, no, no. She had been fucking Jamie. No, that's yeah. why she that's why she got arrested. But no, it was the the cousin, which uh her unofficial husband, I think. Um it starts with the starts with the L. I don't remember his name, but yeah, he he's he's gay, basically. Yeah. He is a sinner. Yeah, he got taken away. Marjorie got taken away. Cersei got taken away. <laughs> so that was uh, pretty nice. That's the episode where I ended off at. And uh, let's see, what what else happened around? Oh, how, man. how do you like Tommen? Tommen, you gotta remind me who that Tommen is. is. Tommen is the king. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, better than uh, what's the the previous king? I uh, Joffrey. Joffrey, geez, that guy. Better in the sense that he's not Joffrey. But I mean, he has he 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 can't lead at all. He he doesn't have that king mentality. He he just he just doesn't know what to do, unfortunately. And Pretty like much. you say, you say he's not as bad as Joffrey. He's he's a good he's a good kid. Yeah, he's just not a guy that you want as a king. And I mean, he's, he's still that power. Yeah, he's still a kid. Still needs Cersei to you know lead him. And you know, uh, what's his name is gone. I mean, pretty much, uh, uh, what you call it? Oh, gosh, yeah, it's been a while since I remember these names. Uh, who who died last season? Um, uh, Tywin. The Lannister, Tywin. Yeah, without Tywin, no one can, you know, talk to him how to lead. And yeah, it's not looking good for him uh, so far because, you know, Cersei's arrested at this point. But man... 
he he got to fuck Marjorie. That's all oh, that matters. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lucky him. And Marjorie is it, that like again, just just knowing. I mean, granted, I don't know how Cersei would have been able to man- manipulate Tommen, but Marjorie managed to manipulate both uh, Bar- Baratheons. There we go. They're Baratheons, like just masterful, just manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like he. He, she didn't even have to, you know, like use her sexual appeal on uh, on Joffrey. It was she. She was just showing him how to, you know, how to be a leader, how to how to actually be likable. But mm-hmm. like with Tommen, just use sex appeal, boom, <laughs> in the palm of her hand right away. Oh yeah, pretty much. She, I, I wish we saw more of her, but I mean, she's arrested now. Um, other than that, I mean. The other stories around the, I guess the, the land, uh, seem more interesting. Especially uh, Arya in this like black and white door with the god of faces or whatever. The faceless gods. Yeah, the faceless gods. That's getting interesting over there. Um, Jon Snow is about to take a what's, what you call it, the redhead wildling to you know, I guess recruit more wildlings out of uh, when they're still in Castle Black. Mm, okay. And uh, what else? Oh, gosh. I was going to say, yeah, screw Ramsey. Uh, yeah. Oh, Ramsey, Ramsey, Ramsey. Uh, I mean, like, you know, they killed off Joffrey. They got to replace him with somebody. He, he, he's he's just as worse, <laughs> or maybe worse, that, in he's my a opinion. Pure, well, like, I mean, granted... I, well, would you call Joffrey pure evil? I think Joffrey's pretty pure evil, but like he's level like J- Ramsey is like leveled up to ten. Like Joffrey's a nine, but like Ramsey's a fucking ten. Yeah, in terms of just pure sadistic evil. Yeah, literally, I forgot his real name, but it's Reek. Oh, uh, uh God damn it, Chris! Something Greyjoy. Theon. Yeah. Theon. Beyond man, Creon. I mean, I thought he was the saving grace for uh, what you call Sansa, but oh, come on, you let you let her get raped in front of you. Like, what are you doing? Like, like, ironically, grow a pair, but you know, you can't can't do that anymore. But yeah, that was a that was a rough scene. Like, just that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it was gonna happen, but like, oh Jesus, yeah, that was a, that was a dark scene. It, yeah, it made me so furious to see Dion, well, Reek, just stand there and just take it and watch it. I'm like, all you have to do, light the candle in the tower. Instead of that, you go to Ramsey. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, do you, do you not want to be saved from this uh, asshole? I mean, you have your answer. Like, his sister tried to save him. He's just—he didn't want to. Yeah, it's tough. Like it's to the point where you almost feel like—I mean, at this point, you do feel bad for Theon a little bit, but you kind of can't because, like, he's what the fuck, man? (laughs) What are you doing? Just stand up to him. Like, granted, like you know, this is kind of you know, like if you want to be like a mental health guy, like this is mental health. Like he's so he's suffering through a lot of PTSD and stuff like that, but at the same time, you gotta step up, man. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, he he's been through a lot, you know, being under Ramsey for all this time. So I understand his situation. It's just 
you just got yeah like you said you just gotta step up for this one time and that's it and hopefully it all works out because i'm pretty sure brianne can for somehow save uh sansa and dion i don't know how because it's just her and um the other lannister kid oh the oh the other lannister kid okay yeah, yeah the this not a, they don't call him a servant he's a uh it was like Tyrion's like butler whatever oh oh know. um Pock, i think yeah something like that I, I forgot his actual name but they call him Pock. yeah he, mm-hmm. yeah he's cool oh yeah let's see other than that i mean let's see what else i guess uh oh yeah what's his name jamie and uh <laughs> The, Harry. Black, the blackfish or some something like that i, I forget I don't, I don't know if that was his nickname but i mean he, they're over at uh what you would call it trying to save uh i guess technically his daughter <laughs> oh he's in doran oh yeah doran yeah, oh doran. no you're you're there okay you're there yeah. i mean yeah that yeah. that's a that's an interesting scene you, you meet the daughters oh yeah that's right yeah they <laughs> i mean they're right uh, shoot <laughs> one of the daughters was trying to like uh seduce yeah and i was like why is she doing this and then he started to like hallucinate and stuff I'm like oh that's that's why <laughs> oh, man. yeah the the dornish people are fun yeah did i talk about the mountain already uh, in the previous episode um not really he's a zombie now right Oh, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> uh, all I can remember is, uh, I mean, all I could call him is Prince Mandalorian dying from him. I mean, he should have just killed the mountain off. It was so easy. He he had it in the bag. I mean, you know, sometimes you just got to talk some shit. I mean, it, th- this is what happened. He f- He fucked around and he found out. That, that's that's what happened uh i mean that's so far in my opinion one of the best fight scenes so far but i don't know if i talked about the other fight scene with uh, brienne and the hound but that was a that was a terrible fight scene you, <laughs> in you terms did, of how it's choreographed you did talk yeah. about it yeah like after seeing um the bound versus the dornish prince i was like man this is this is how it should have been choreographed and I was talking to our other friend about it and he was like, yeah, they, they didn't really have much time uh, to, you know, finish off the Brienne and um, a Hound fight scene and uh, that they had to just piece together whatever they could with, uh, you know, what they had really. Like the footage, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly don't remember that fight scene at all. But, you know. If, if you rewatch it, it's it's like how many angles do you have in terms of camera and like my god <laughs> okay well uh let, well we'll definitely reconvene next episode of how far you've gotten so you know just to go go through the whole entire series you know just relive that entire memory it, i mean it, it was it's a it's a really good series you know despite you know what they say about online and it's still it was really good like for, you know when when it was good yeah, hopefully I could watch more because I mean there's there's some other shows that just came out on like uh 
Netflix that I wanted to finish off as well. Um, you know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, I I need to I need to look at some sh- some shows. I know like just Shaq just released a documentary. I mean, I need to watch some stuff. I haven't been on the bike lately, so I haven't watched a lot of HBO. But yeah, I will try and get back into it at some point. Mm-hmm. Naruto, right? <laughs> Naruto, yes. Now that you're back, we can do that. All right. Okay. Um, I guess I've made, I made a bit of a promise. We'll see if I can deliver, <laughs> but all right. So anything else you want to talk about? I heard that not on the top of my head that I could think of maybe for next episode, if I remember something that we could talk about. Well, stay tuned for next episode then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back uh, after the Kings, hopefully put on a show and beat the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. That'll be on Monday? Sunday. Sunday. Okay, yeah. Because I, I remember the back-to-back is Tuesday and Wednesday, and that's that's going to be fucked up. Yeah, it's too bad that uh, <laughs> I won't be there. Uh, or, no, what am I saying? I, w- I wish I watched the Kings versus Knicks games at Madison Square Garden, but, you know, uh, timing didn't prevail. Maybe next year. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.